Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Neil Humphreys, we had a very interesting um, story that, that came up in the news this week about the Singapore former ambassador at large, Tommy Koh. Yep. Um, a stalwart in the Singapore government for decades now, uh, has always been a, a real uh, honest broker and honest voice in uh, supporting Singapore overseas and at home. But he came out with some fairly controversial, uh, especially one particular controversial statement that has yes. taken everybody. We've reported on it in the Straits Times and the Business Times. Uh, take us through kind of uh, uh, the background of what happened with Well, that. I mean, is it controversial? That's my point. I don't think it is. I mean, Professor Tommy Coe's, as you mentioned, a veteran diplomat. I've, I've met him a couple of times. In fact, we've contributed to articles to the same books in the past. I find him fascinating now. Mm. I think he's 82 years old. Mm. He's at that stage where he's almost like that uncle at the wedding who's just had a few drinks and he's quite happy to say whatever he thinks because he's earned that right. And he made a speech earlier this week at the uh, the Bicentennial, the Singapore Bicentennial Conference. And, and many aspects of that speech were dissected and picked out in the media. And we'll get to the part where he said about Singaporeans can be more civic-minded people. Uh, basically can behave better in society. But the speech has actually been published, or at least a a major excerpt of it, in the Straits Times today. And honestly, Glenn, for me, I think it's wonderful. It's the speech I've been wanting to hear. I mean, we just go through a couple of points. Just just to reiterate, he was speaking at the Bicentennial, Singapore Bicentennial Congress, uh, organized by the Institute of Policy Studies, held at Raffles City Convention Center. Uh, and, you know, a very, very um, uh, meaningful and important conference talking about Singapore's past and, and where it's going in the future. Uh, he was in this dialogue along with uh, Straits Times editor and editor-in-chief um, uh, Warren Fernandez, uh, Professor Cohen Bloomberg, news editor-in-chief um, John Micklewaith uh, were also there talking as well. So it was a, it was a very uh, a far-reaching and encompassing discussion uh, about Singapore, its history and where it's going. Yeah. And so he just went through the points, his key points that he feels Singapore should consider implementing, bearing in mind a general election is coming up uh, to, to make Singapore better. And if you go through them, you know, the word controversial, as I said, is it? I mean, let's just go through a few of them. One, uh, he says Singaporeans should maintain their racial and religious harmony. That goes without saying. But he also says we should do more to help the Malay community catch up with the Chinese and Indian communities. They're underrepresented in, uh, underrepresented in universities and in our major professions in the civil service, all of which is true. Mm. No one has an issue with that. Third, this is the controversial bit, but it's not controversial with me. (laughs) We should make Singapore a more equal society. We should pull up the median income. We should try to pull more Singaporeans out of poverty. We should look at increasing wages for the poor, training and so on. Next point. We should do more for the disabled in this country. We have quite low employment rates for people who are disabled or have special needs compared to other countries. Is that controversial? Does it sound Mm, controversial mm. to you? It doesn't to me. Um, Apparently, we only have 5% of our disabled employed. The Ministry of Manpower says the number's around 25%. But in Australia and France, that number is 40%. We can do more. Mm. I don't see anything controversial about that. This part has upset one or two people. I'm quoting him directly. 
Another group of citizens who feel marginalised is the LGBT community. We should accept them as full members of our family and not discriminate against them. Right. I don't see anything controversial about that in the year 2019. Right. Uh, next part, yeah, it's more about training, uh, reskilling our young. No issues with that. Less focus on knowledge, more focus on learning skills improvisational skills entrepreneurial skills I'm I'm, you yeah. know, I'm riffing now but I agree with him completely on that I've yeah. been fighting that argument for years this is not the industrial revolution this is not the 19th century anymore knowledge on its own terms isn't power anymore mm. everybody has knowledge knowledge is a Google click yeah, away just so click knowledge away. isn't power anymore so we need other kinds of skills he then talks about trading issues some of the things we talked about, US and China, Japan and South Korea, we must... Oh, the part I really want to emphasize that I liked, he said that we know about US and China, Japan and South Korea, the trading disputes. Why don't we focus more on ASEAN? It's the world's fifth largest economy. Mm. Why are we... We should focus on China. We do focus on China. But we should encourage more of our students to learn Bahasa. I, that's something you don't hear very often anymore. Right. It, we're surrounded by Bahasa-speaking nations. We are ASEAN is the fifth largest economy in the world. You don't know what's going to happen in the Middle East. You don't know what's going to happen with the UK. You don't know what's going to happen with Trump's America. Yep. It makes perfect sense to me. Yep. Um, and he goes on and on and on. So um, the, the key issues were LGBT rights, um, were focusing more on the ASEAN region, possibly learning Bahasa, doing more for the disabled, lifting more people out of poverty, raising, uh, we don't have a minimum wage per se, but ra raising the median income or raising more people out of poverty towards what would be the median income of around $2,200 a week. He even goes as far as to say that a government should embrace and welcome different views mm. as long as they're constructive views and they are views that are in service of Singapore. They are views that just want to make Singapore Better. Yeah. He did call for Singapore to set a poverty line. He did, which, yes. Which it, which it has not. Um, and, and to raise the wages of workers, you know, note, noting that there is a vast pay gap between a company's top executives and its rank and file employees. You know, and some of these things that, frankly, have not been said at a governmental no. level before. Uh, or certainly uh, encouraged at a governmental level before, uh, which is is quite interesting. I thought that that he's coming out, and like you say, you know, he's at he's at that stage of his career where I think he's just you know letting it all. He's being honest and uh, and sincere, being and, authentic in yeah, his views, and he's perhaps aware of his. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but perhaps aware of his legacy and leave not leaving something behind. He's still eighty two, and I hope yeah. he's around for many years yet. But you know, focusing on what he believes needs to be done in the future. Mm. And I think it's encouraging, very encouraging, that he's speaking so openly about issues that in the past we have been reluctant to speak about. And this idea, the overriding theme for me that I really support is the headline they used for this column in the Straits Times today, Saturday, um, is Singapore does not need sycophants, it needs loving critics. Mm. That's the headline. Now, I would consider myself a loving critic. He considers and mentions by name Sonny Liu, who, of mm. course, the famous cartoonist who's a, sure. who had uh, grants withdrawn because the work was considered to be critical of the government and so on and so on. He said we should encourage dissenting voices. We should encourage critical voices as long as they're constructive voices and are voices that really ultimately are about the betterment of Singapore. I've been criticised in the past for, for things I've said in my books and columns 
about censorship, about LGBT rights, about poverty lines, about the fact that I am uncomfortable with women in their 70s, sometimes 80s, clearing my trays in, in, in hawker centres and so on. I do feel there's something wrong in one of the world's richest societies where a woman in her 80s has to clear my tray away. I don't think there's anything un-Singaporean for me to say that woman should either be paid more or should be in a position where she's retired mm. financially. Um, I don't see that as being a critical voice or an anti-establishment voice or an anti-Singapore voice. It's, it's just a voice that wants better for mm. Singapore. So when you said right at the top, and many people have, that you know his comments are controversial or have been considered controversial, when you dissect them paragraph by paragraph, what is in that column, that speech, really? And, and by all means, listeners, read it. It's online. It's in the Straits Times yeah. today. Read yeah. it. What is really there that's controversial? I would argue not that much. He's just asking for a more social, a more gracious a more accommodating and a more compassionate and a more equal society. Mm. Is that really controversial? I don't think it is. Well, this leads us to um, a an occurrence that happened with your mother-in-law who is visiting well, you very now for much several so. months very much uh, so. over the weekend. Uh, or Sorry, just in the last couple of days, right? Yeah, very much so because uh, one of the key parts of his speech that has been taken out and highlighted was this idea that Singaporeans can be more civic-minded more polite. Uh, and he made the joke, actually, that, you know, just look at the way we drive in <laughs> Singapore to show that we are not anywhere near as gracious as we should be. And on that point, just this morning, I was walking down uh, Topo North to come into the SPH uh, building and I saw a crossroads. I was watching the traffic. And just as I was waiting at the lights, knowing we were going to talk about this, I watched and five cars, five out of six, I'll give one car the benefit of the doubt, five out of six cars we're, going in, we're turning either left or right. We're mm. going in different directions. Five out of six cars did not signal, mm. which meant everybody else is second guessing. Right. Is he going left? Is he going right? Is he going straight on? I don't know. And I'm, not, I'm watching this saying, not only is this ungracious, it's not even pragmatic mm. or practical. You are willfully making life more difficult for yourself yeah. and for the other drivers by just being too lazy or too ungracious or whatever you want to call it, just to flick that thing by your steering wheel, your, your signal switch, mm, to mm. tell people, I'm going left, I'm going right. It's those little things mm. that Professor Coe was talking about that make, the, am I wrong? That make the difference for everybody, don't they? It's almost like we're willfully being yeah. ungracious. Uh, you know, yesterday I was taking my son to, he, he has track practice at Topayo Stadium in the uh, Friday afternoon, and I was taking driving him there from East Coast. And four, on the trip there and back, four people cut me off, like didn't signal and just cut right in. And literally, you know, half of their car was about, you know, equidistance with half of my car. And had I not braked hard, yeah. uh, they would have hit me. You yeah. know, they would have sideswiped me. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. First of all, no signal. Secondly, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you have to... You have to try to fit in where you can and not just get over, right? And, you know, we all, we all have these gripes about people that drive in different places. Um, but that just, really, uh, that just really irks me. You know, one other thing I'll just mention that, that is very different. Now, I've, I've been in Singapore for 15 years. I've been in Asia for 30 years. But in the U.S., uh, for example, and I don't know if it's this way in the U.K., but if someone is crossing on, on, the, on the sidewalk, if they're crossing over a driveway, like let's say to a condo or something. Pedestrians. Like that. Pedestrians. Yeah. If there is a car trying to either exit that 
let's say, condominium or drive-in, they will stop and let the pedestrian walk across. Correct. If it's not a zebra crossing. Right? Yes. That doesn't happen here. No. Here the car just barrels on through. Without signaling. <laughs> without signaling. Even if it's a mother and child in a pram or something, yeah. right? And, and I've always wondered why, you know, it, the zebra crossing is sacred. That's good. But why, why isn't that we as drivers cannot stop and pause for an extra 10 seconds and let a pedestrian cross uh, a driveway? I'll go a step further. Those uh, slip lanes that have mini zebra crossings, yeah. oh, sometimes if I'm the pedestrian and if you're not forcibly making the point that you're about to cross, you know, you're literally putting one foot in the road, yeah. there's no guarantee that they'll stop for you. Right. You're there. You're there at the zebra crossing, the slip road, yeah. you know, to cross you have to almost put one foot in the road to just reinforce the fact that you are crossing because mm. it has happened many, many times. They'll just go. Yeah. They'll just go. They'll pretend they didn't see you. Yeah. They, they'll play. Uh, and on, I mean, we're still talking about that. You're so right. I mean, last week I had, and I'll get to the point about my mother-in-law because it's all related. Last week I had a big argument with my mother, my wife. Mm. She didn't actually talk to me for two days. Um, <laughs> is, love, that, I, is that possible to not talk to you for two days? Now it's becoming a therapy session, wow. but it's true. <laughs> all related to what Professor Tommy Coe was talking about, ungracious behavior. We was in the cave, and I don't drive in Singapore. My wife does. I couldn't drive in Singapore. I would, I would be insufferable. Um, my wife was driving. We was in the KPE. She's in the so-called fast lane, the, mm. the, the, the furthest right lane. That, that, but there's traffic everywhere. But she's doing the speed limit. Exactly, on the needle, 80 kilometers in that tunnel, right? Okay. She can't go any faster. There's a car in front of her, and there's cars in the left lane. Now, my wife doesn't speed, so if there are people who do want to speed, and there are lots of them, of course she'll move over. Sure. But she couldn't get over because there were cars in the middle lane. This car comes racing, and my wife is in the car, my daughter is in the car, my mother-in-law is in the car. All bets are off for me. If you're putting my family's mm. life in danger, I have trouble keeping my temper mm. because it's it's the principle. Your selfishness is potentially putting my daughter's life at yeah. risk. Yeah. All bets are off. He is so close, tailgating as they call it. He is so close to a bumper, he's almost touching. So it makes me, I'm edgy and I'm, I'm watching. I'm saying to my wife, you're going to have to come over. You're going to have to come over. She said, where am I? How, Neil? There's cars in the middle lane. When I can, I will. Mm. She's also stubborn, you know. I'm not going <laughs> to give way to the bully. She has that element. I'm yeah, not going to. Sure. But so I said, just please come over. He starts honking her. Uh, 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 like he's honking her. And I turn around. and So I'm looking at him. And I raise my hands as if to say, where? Where do you want us to go? She's on the speed limit. She's not going slow. Yeah. She's on the speed limit. She can't come over. When she can, she will. She, and he goes, we're almost touching at 80 kilometers an hour in a tunnel, the KPE. Jeez. We're almost touching. And he's almost now got his hand on the horn. Uh, he won't take it off. I'm raging now. Yeah. Then we just about see a gap where she can potentially come over. He takes it first. And he gets over, yeah. He comes over, so there's there's millimeters, and it's my daughter's side of the car. My daughter's on the left side of the car. Yeah, yeah. If the windows had been open, she'd have been able to feel his breath. You wow. know, he's just he's cut across us on our left side, honked again, then come across to make the point. I wound down the window and I said some things. I said some <laughs> things. I said lots of things that are unprintable, unrepeatable. I said some things. And then my wife is angry with me because, you know, I've said some things and I've shouted and I've 
you yeah. know, drop myself to his level. Yeah. But I do think, Glenn, there has to be a line in the sand sometimes. You know, he is, his selfishness, his ungracious behaviour has potentially put my daughter's life in jeopardy because he's cut her up and, and driven recklessly. So, you know, I, I do struggle with that. And I'm with Professor Coe. And just this week... My mother-in-law was in the toilet, a public toilet, in, in Compass 1 at Senkan. I'm not making this up. She washed her hands at the, at, the, at the sink, and then she asked a young girl to step aside so she could walk through with her trolley. I think the little girl's grandmother, who maybe didn't speak English, to be fair, didn't understand what was going on in the communication. And so maybe she thought my mother-in-law was sort of asking her just to get out of her pathway, so she stepped in to defend what I think was maybe her granddaughter and swung an arm and hit my mother-in-law in the chest. <laughs> Actually punched my mother-in-law in the chest. And my mother-in-law was in shock. Of course. And she didn't know what to do. And this is a toilet. This is a public toilet yeah. in Compass One in Senkang. And to be fair, to be fair, we, we don't want to stereotype, other aunties came forward. Lovely other Chinese aunties come forward and said... You know, mayo, uh, mayo, no, 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 cannot, cannot, cannot. To the other lady. To the other auntie. Yeah, Who yeah. may have had an issue, I don't know. Yeah. But it's just a, a small everyday occurrence of the, of the stress mm. that we go through, of the ungracious behavior that we sometimes. And look, these are, these, this doesn't happen every day. Mm. These are one off occurrences. But I don't know what you think. I do think Professor Coe has a point. And it's interesting that that particular comment has gone viral. Mm. I do think as a society, we can do that a little bit more, can't we? Just to be that little a, bit more gracious. I think a lot more. And I think, you know, we're seeing these these incidents of road rage that have led to accidents and and certainly, you know, ill ill feeling between drivers. That's I think they're becoming more and more common every day. And, mm. and it's raising the stress level of people. And, you know, we all just need to chill out a little bit, you know? Mm. Hey, somebody's got their signal on, let them in. Yeah. We've all had that experience where you've put your signal on because you need to get over to you know, exit or something, and the car behind you speeds up, you know, yeah. in the lane that's, that you're trying to get into. And to finish that story See off, that all the time. Absolutely. And to finish the story off about my incessant swearing at this lunatic behind me, you know where this story ends. We come out of the tunnel, there's a traffic light, we catch him anyway yeah, at of the course. traffic light. Yeah. So all that honking. So look at it from his point of view. You have got so stressed and so mm. pent up and so there's so much latent rage. For what? Another kilometre, we caught each other at the traffic light anyway. It was literally his anger, his honking, his dangerous driving. And my, your anger. My yeah. anger, yeah. yeah. My wife not talking to me <laughs> for two days was all for nothing. All we had to do was take a deep breath and let it ride. Working toward a more gracious That's society here in Singapore on Money FM. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.